0: The Disease DuJour podcast is brought to you in 2020 by Merck Animal Health. Our guests for this episode are AAEP Infectious Disease Committee members, Drs. Katie Flynn and Barbara Jones. Flynn, BVMS, MRCVS, is Deputy State Veterinarian at the Kentucky Department of Agriculture. Previously worked as a veterinarian at the California Department of Food and Agriculture Animal Health Branch. And she is the chairman of the AAEP Infectious Disease Committee. Dr. Jones is a DVM and has a master's of public health and is a diplomate of ACVPM. She's the principal of One Health Consulting and the owner of Equilibrium Veterinary Services. Thank you, Drs. Flynn and Jones for joining us today on Disease to Shore to talk about information from the AAEP Infectious Diseases Committee. And I have to say that this committee meeting is one of the best attended at the annual convention. So we really appreciate you giving us a few insights on what the Infectious Disease Committee has been involved with this year and what they're concerned about. So I'm gonna start with Lynn. Could you please tell us a little more about what the AAEP Infectious Disease Committee is and who's a part of it?
1: Yes, thank you for this opportunity to give you an update on the Infectious Disease Committee of the AAEP. The function of this committee is to monitor and update disease information on a regular basis for the Equine Disease Communication Center and the AAEP website as well as the AAP control and vaccination guidelines, and to make any updates and relevant changes needed to any guidelines related to infectious diseases. Additionally, the committee will also serve to evaluate infectious disease issues affecting the equine population and recommend course of actions to the AAP leadership. I'd like to thank the members of this committee this year. It's a three-year membership to this committee, and this year, Dr. Laszlo Hunyadi, is leaving this committee. The other committee members that have worked on this committee this year are Dr. Jacqueline Boggs, Noah Cohen, Sally Ndenata, uh, Piper Norton, Abby Sage, Carrie Vanderwerf, Lisa Fultz, Cedra Hines, Amy Johnson, Barbara Jones, Angela Pelzel-McCluskey, Ashley Whitehead, and as an ex-officio, ex-officio member, we have Nat White so those members of our committee worked this year diligently on many documents with the uh, onslaught of covid 19 our main activities shifted from our infectious disease guidelines and uh, materials to covid resources which we'll talk about here in a bit today um, with dr jones and the other things that have been published by this committee this year include some vaccination guideline updates And specifically, those vaccination guideline updates were to the uh, anthrax guidelines, triple E, western encephalitis, equine influenza, EVA, leptospirosis, and rabies. In addition to updating those uh, vaccination guidelines, we have updated some of our infectious disease guidelines, and we have actually new guidelines this year on African horse sickness. And we have glanders as foreign animal diseases, and as our domestic diseases, we have uh, Lyme disease guidelines that have been published. In addition, we developed a, a serologic guidelines for adverse events for horses. So that's a brief overview of the documents that have been produced. And I'm going to transition to. Um, Dr. Jones, who's going to give us an update on some of the COVID resources, as well as AAP's Healthy Horse Protocol specific biosecurity guidelines for racetrack entry and stabling.
2: Thank you, Dr. Flynn. It's wonderful to be here this afternoon. Um, So the AAP was very concerned about COVID-19 and the impact that it has um, for equine veterinarians. And so they have um, an entire uh, page dedicated to the COVID-19 resources for veterinarians on the website. Um, And these resources um, are both a compilation of other resources from other um, agencies and organizations, as well as ones developed by the AAP and the Infectious Disease Committee specifically um, addressing the unique um, um, practice types that uh, equine practitioners often work in, um, and so there's different resources available. Um, there's staff and client safety, there's COVID-19 and animals, there's even business business and economics resources um, there's uh, legislation and regulations obviously that vary by state and even down to municipality and cities at this point um, and then uh, and well-being resources which is really important during this time as well um, in the staff and client safety is where you get um, the specific documents for the COVID-19 prevention and equine practice um, ongoing measures um, as well as some additional resources uh, to help you prevent equine uh, COVID-19 in equestrian facilities um, and other resources that would help um, for members understanding the use of PPE in a pandemic, et cetera. So it's a really great resource, and a lot of people put a lot of work into this to make them very relevant and useful um, for equine practitioners. The other thing the Infectious Disease Committee worked on um, this year is – biosecurity guidelines for race tracks, um, specifically entry and stabling. It's a really great document. Um, Our racehorse population is obviously one that's quite fluid and um, is difficult even outside of COVID um, to manage biosecurity in. And and so this document's really, really great. It was developed um, outside of kind of the COVID world, but it is 100% applicable um, and very, very useful to to use. Um, And obviously this document will continue far after COVID for racetrack practices and racetrack veterinarians, um, and so it goes. It starts from even before you head to the racing venue, and then kind of works through the different stages. You know, entry to the venue, um, and then when while you're stabled there, etc., and kind of goes through what should happen from, you know, the owner side, the veterinarian side, um, what owner, uh, owners and trainers should be working on, and what all those guidelines are. And it's a really quite a short document, so it's an easy review for for everyone that's interested in understanding the biosecurity guidelines for racetracks. tracks
1: and just to build on that some of the other activities that we have previously worked on in this infectious disease um, committee is the aap biosecurity guidelines in general and that is a comprehensive document that provides great resources to the practitioner whether it's guidance on uh, disinfectants there's disinfectant charts on what to use for different conditions. Uh, there's a sample signage for um, practitioners to recommend to their clients or to use on farms where there may be an infectious disease outbreak. And so those biosecurity guidelines and uh, recommendations also sup- uh, supplement this very short two page doc- or excuse me, three page document for the racetracks. Those biosecurity guidelines are general guidelines that can be used at any equine uh, facility type, whether that be a show grounds, a training barn, a boarding facility, or just your backyard horse. And it does give uh, great guidance to the practitioner. These are all supplemented also by materials that were developed for the Equine Disease Communication Center. So the biosecurity materials that are available on the EDCC are for owners specifically. So if a practitioner wants assistance in providing documentation that is relevant to the horse owner, that's where they can go and provide the resources through the EDCC. The Equine Disease Communication Center also takes all of the guidelines that we develop. So as I said, we did a guideline for African horse sickness this year, and we did one for Lyme disease. Both of those have now got a uh, horse owner fact sheets on the EDCC. So those are user uh, horse owner friendly user friendly documents to give the basic knowledge to the horse owning public. So those are great resources for you to provide to your clients if they need assistance in understanding some of the concepts and diseases that we've talked about today.
0: Today's Disease to Shore podcast is brought to you by Merck Animal Health, the makers of prestige vaccines, Banamine, Panacure, Regimate, Protozil, and other trusted equine health solutions. Merck Animal Health works for you and for horses. Learn more about Merck Animal Health's comprehensive portfolio of products, as well as their ongoing investment in our industry, profession, and community at merckanimalhealthusa.com. Dr
2: other thing onto that. So one thing for the equine practitioner to realize is the biosecurity guidelines that were developed were developed very with the equine um, practitioner in mind. And so um, a lot of the recommendations in there are very specific to equine practice. Um, and so it's very, very useful. There's a lot of biosecurity um, documents out there and resources out there, but the AEP put a lot of thought into what is those critical component points and those unique um, practice situations that equine practitioners are in. So it's a really great Document.
1: Yes, that, that's very true. All of the guidelines are posted to our AAP website and they're easily accessible and downloadable to the practitioner and can be viewed on tablets or your phone. And in the infectious disease guidelines, we, pro- we provide through that document guidance for the practitioner on testing and what samples should be taken and how to assess the situation and implement the most appropriate control measures based on that disease. So those infectious disease guidelines can be rather lengthy, but they are separated by subject matter topics such as diagnostics. So you can go right to that section to get the assistance you need in that case. The other thing that we did this year that I'd like to call your attention to is we have published the serology guidelines. And these are AAP guidelines for serology in horses with adverse events from vaccination. Again, these are just guidelines to provide guidance to, t- to practitioners on utilizing serologic testing to determine levels of circulating antibodies to specific pathogens in horses that have had previous adverse re- events to vaccination. So we- this document uh, was compiled by many subject matter experts over several years to have a table at the end of the document that would assist practitioners in understanding how to handle some of these adverse reaction events and how to look at the serology related to them.
0: I know the serology guidelines, the veterinarians have been very uh, excited about anticipating this. Uh, Where is the best place to get this and, and how should they use it? The best place to get this is actually, if you go to the AAP's website,
1: it is under the um, login for the practitioner. Once the lo- uh, practitioner uses their login to the member site, these guidelines are under the infectious to- disease control tab and it's called serolo- sero- serology guidelines for adverse events. And they can easily access it through there. It is, it is a rather lengthy document, it's about 20 pages. And at the end of the document, there are summary tables that they can utilize to have the latest science and information. And there's some cautionary comments as well as the limitations on the knowledge and uh, research that's been done for these situations.
0: That's great. And is there anything that the Infectious Disease Committee members have been following up on this year i know african horse sickness which you mentioned that you had a, uh, new guidelines about has was a topic of concern last year and the uh, committee was going to address it are there other things that the committee wants to make sure that veterinarians are aware of this year
1: yeah that's a that's a great question we have um moving forward We're addressing uh, some of the guidelines that need to be reviewed in light of some of the changes in the situations. So, for example, we are looking at revisions and updates to our vesicular stomatitis guidelines. We're developing equine pyroplasmosis guidelines, Um, equine parvovirus, that's in the final stages of being reviewed. And Strangles is one that is being reviewed and updated this year and is in the final stages of review. Um, The Infectious Disease Committee does uh, monitor situations of disease outbreaks and addressing concerns as practitioners raise these to the AAP. One thing I will say is AAP... Uh, is here for the members. If uh, any members have any questions or concerns related to any infectious diseases, those can be just emailed to anyone at the AAEP office. And those AAEP staff members will direct those to myself as chair of the Infectious Disease Committee. And I will uh, work with our committee to see who is the best uh, individual subject matter expert to answer those questions and as well as moving forward some of the questions that we have received from practitioners includes guidance on diagnostic testing so what are some um, general guidelines and guidance we can provide to practitioners so we will be forming a subcommittee on that particular topic and this year we recently formed a subcommittee on antimicrobial judicious use Um, and that subcommittee is going to be drafting guidelines for the practitioner, so they have some uh, de- more detailed guidelines. We actually published last year a policy statement for judicious use um, in antimicrobials, but this group is actually looking at providing more detailed guidance and guidelines uh, to the practitioner to assist in their selection of a- appropriate antimicrobials
0: and are there other things that the uh, committee members have been working on this year that you would like to discuss with veterinarians i think that's
1: all about it (laughs) that i have most of our time this year has been spent um on the COVID situation and answering practitioners questions and concerns and updating and being uh, able to provide resources to the practitioner
0: Okay, that is great, and I do want to put in a plug here. I know if Doctor White was with us today, if any veterinarians are interested in working with the Equine Disease Communication Center, uh, a lot of the the reports are confirmed from private practitioners, not just necessarily state departments of uh, veterinary, the state veterinarian office. So uh, if you're interested in working a little more closely on diseases and disease reporting with EDCC, what's the best way to go about that, Dr. Flynn?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. If you reach out to any staff member um, at the AAP or just reach out to the EDCC, they have a a general email address um, on the EDCC website, which is equinediseasecc.org or you can just Google Equine Disease Communication Center. And if you email them directly, um, there is uh, Dr. White or Katie McDaniel, uh, who is the um, communications director for the EDCC, can assist any practitioner in any of their questions, concerns, or even tell you where you can uh, assist them in development of the EDCC.
0: Well, thank you very much for that information, and I wanted to thank both of you for joining us today on the the podcast Disease du jour And a special thank to our 2020 sponsor Merck Animal Health. Please visit EquiManagement's latest Disease du jour episodes on EquiManagement.com and take our survey so we know how to better serve you with our podcast. If you have any questions or suggestions, you can send me an email at the letter K Brown at AimMedia.com. Disease du jour is a production of the Equan Podcast Network, an entity of the Equan Network.